1: This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast.
0: You are listening to episode number 108 of the Awesomers Podcast series. Run on over to osmerscom slash 108 to see today's show notes and any relevant details. Now, this is part three of our uh, series of interviews with Daniel Amaduri. And so this is our last piece of this puzzle. In the first two, you've already heard some of his journey, some of his origin story, some of the challenges that he's been able to overcome, and you know some of the progress he's made as well as some predictions. Today, we're going to jump into a few more of those predictions and talk a little bit more about how people interact with uh, wealth and finance, and uh, some of the education required to help them along the way. So let's jump back into the episodes right now. So let's talk about the future of cryptocurrency for a minute. Just, you know, first of all, give us your big picture view on cryptocurrency. Um, you know, five years from now, what what what's your thoughts? I'm not looking for valuation specifically, sure. just big picture thoughts.
2: Well, look, I futuremoneytrends.com profiled it at thirteen dollars. Uh, I have been Involved in crypto very early on uh, Did one of the most popular micro documentaries on the internet about it called bankers worst fear and we've been heavily involved in it I got I had the I was privileged enough in 2012 to go to one of the conferences in Vegas where there was like 300 people who showed up and uh, what, what inspired me was it was all entrepreneurs and and very smart techie type people and I was like I'm in a room with people smarter than me. I feel good about this um And, um, you know, this is something I want to invest in. Um, And fast forward to where it's going. Bitcoin, in a way, lost, and and people will hate me to say this, it lost a lot of its utility. Because in the beginning, you could transfer something to somebody and it was like a fraction of a cent and it happened instantaneously. I believe they will catch up and it will do that. But it has to, at the very least, be able to beat Visa um, and MasterCard when it comes to transactions. And also, the security... Uh, has to be easier, more user-friendly for people. So where I'm more bullish on cryptocurrencies and cryptography is the blockchain and the distributed ledger, um, uh, which which can be used in, let's say, the financial space uh, to keep track of things, to have more uh, of an honest system and transactions between people. But The cryptocurrency that I am most bullish on, without a doubt, is Bitcoin. Because Bitcoin, even though it doesn't have the utility of being able to do a transaction at Starbucks right now, it still has that utility to have an anonymous transaction over borders without government or bank interference. And I was reminded of this when I invoiced a cannabis company and when they paid me, Bank of America sent me a letter after having a relationship with them for 20 years, and it said your account is going to be closed within 30 days. You have 17 days to get your affairs in order. Uh, uh, after that, no more checks will clear because you accepted a payment from a company, a cannabis company. And that reminded me of the power the banks have over my money. And then, of course, I've talked to plenty of business people who've had the employment agency or the IRS or the SEC just suck the money out of their account or freeze their brokerage accounts because you're guilty to proven innocent with the banks and the Treasury Department and the banks are in full compliance with whatever the government wants. So that reminded me of why we need cryptocurrency and why we need something like Bitcoin because I want my national sovereignty and I want to be able to control and be able to spend the money as I please. So there's a bright future for cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin, and there's a very bright future for the blockchain to be and smart contracts to be uh, involved in probably everything we do.
0: Well, I definitely agree that uh, the blockchain technology itself, uh, where you have the you know the balanced ledgers that are, are kept by third parties all around the world, this you know the anonymity plus the Absolute transparency of the transactions, that's highly, highly sought after. And for me, the disintermediation of, you know, keeping the government and the banks who are just giant toll booths on on a road of life. They just want to take a a little piece of us every time we go up and down that road. Uh, I I would love that. I would look forward to that. Uh, Of course, I have the the general fear that, you know, not unlike your cannabis story with Bank of America, you know, because the federal government has decided uh you know that is not something that they're interested in. They're punishing the banks, and the banks are like, "All right, uh, you know, we give." And yeah, it, that it's just it's so undemocratic in so many ways. Uh, so I definitely I hope the future um, is as bright as as folks like yourself and others claim it will be. I don't know what the numbers will be. You know, what what the Bitcoin's going to go. Um, you know, to this million dollar number or to these other numbers, but I, I definitely have a sense that. Uh, it would be nice to have a really good cryptocurrency backed by blockchain. And, and I think blockchain, I'd love to get your input on this, Daniel. Blockchain should be applicable to many other parts of life. For me, like shipping and logistics and, yeah. and things like that would be highly sought after. Do you see any other big blockchain uh, adaptations?
2: I think in the medical industry too. So let's say you had a smart contract with all your medical information on your phone, or even insurance, this should be something you should be able to have access to, to be able to, hey, here's the keys, or here's a, a window to access it with your doctor. Um, but it sh- we should be able to have something like our medical records, certainly our financial records should be on a blockchain uh, with a smart contract, uh, with, with, with if you're doing a transaction. You know, you, you think that if, if, you, if you had something like that or a system like that, you would not need the title companies, you wouldn't need A lot of the things you need now that you have to have this third-party verification, you have to have insurance, title insurance, just in case the title company is wrong. Uh, You still have to pay the $800 for the insurance. There are a lot of things where we'll be able to save money just by being able to have verifiable and trustworthy uh, um, data on a blockchain.
0: Well, I I really agree with that, Uh, and I think those are great examples. You know, one one of the things that I point to a lot of people have this uh, trouble understanding what blockchain is, or you know, the distributed ledgers and this and that. And and all I try to do is I, for my own um, layperson's understanding, I would just say it's it's more frictionless commerce, right? That, to me, if you've ever taken an Uber and you've gotten out of the thing and you click, you know, five stars on your driver and you carry on with your life without having to struggle for your wallet, that's frictionless commerce, right? That our world yeah. is improved because of that it's not blockchain, but it's frictionless. What's your thoughts, Daniel?
2: Well, and the the original Bitcoin is decentralized, so it's not it's not like someone can just hack some like Chase headquarters or hack the Pentagon. Uh, you can't hack Bitcoin. You can't hack that blockchain. You'd have to hack all these computers around the world, and you'd have to go back in time with all of them. It's just it's not realistic. It's not going to happen anymore. It's too big. Uh, so um, I like the decentralization in it because. We've, all of us have, you know, had our emails hacked or, you know, had somebody try to scam us on, you know, perhaps our online banking account or something like that. And that is uh, one of the, that's the biggest benefactor of Bitcoin is that it is decentralized, is that, you know, the, the dark people out there who want to, uh, you know, hurt, hurt um, you know, that live in the shadows and are hacking and stuff like that, it's not realistic for them to, to, to hack uh, the blockchain.
0: Yeah, I love that uh, aspect for sure. We're going to take one more quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the solutions that you've been able to put in place in your, in your business and in your life that have uh, basically been the difference between, you know, kind of coming from that place where you're struggling to now you're on vacation half the time. So I love that. we awesome. gonna do it right after this.
3: Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals. Congratulations on your success to date. Your creativity, strategic vision, problem solving, and discipline have allowed you to build your own e-commerce business. Wouldn't it be great if you had more time to focus on the things that truly drive the sales and growth of your company? Instead of getting lost in a dozen different services and countless spreadsheets, what if there was one system that connected to your Amazon account and automatically gave you the information that you needed to make great decisions and really impact your business? Parsimony ERP can do that. Parsimony is the business operating system for your marketplace business. With Parsimony, you get true double entry bookkeeping, easy financial statements, full customer service tools, and by item profitability along with project and task management and more features are being added all the time learn more at parsimony.com that's parsimony p-a-r-s-i-m-o-n-y.com parsimony.com we've
1: got that you're listening to the awesomers podcast okay we're back again everybody steve
0: Simson with daniel amadori still good yeah oh man i am so nervous because i'm like that's an e in the middle uh, But I want to pronounce it like Amaduri. So anyway, uh, let me ask you this, Daniel. You know, along the path that you you talked about uh, earlier on in our our, uh, commentary and our our interaction, you, you mentioned that, you know, it took you a little bit of time from the point where you literally were working at a grocery store and you were doing some of the online stuff. At some point, that there, there came a tipping point for you again, right, uh, where you were able to obviously leave the grocery store and and really dive in. You talked a little bit about the advertising model finally taking off or, or being ready to, for deployment. Was there anything
2: else that that helped you kind of get over that hump? I would say when it comes to financial independence specifically. Um, it was overcoming societal pressure. So I came from uh, Southern California in a decent middle-class area uh, near Pasadena, California. And I moved over an hour away in the desert of California, slashing my living expenses 50%, allowing me to save a lot of money. And then instead of buying a four or $500,000 home, which my wife was a teacher and I worked for the grocery business, which we could have justified, like all of our other friends bought these four and $500,000 homes. We moved in the desert and we bought a $95,000 home. Now everybody thought we were poor, that's okay. We paid off the house, now we had no debt, now we had no mortgage and we're not even 30 years old, no mortgage. And this started to compound on itself because now instead of paying a mortgage company fifteen hundred or twenty five hundred a month, we were putting fifteen and twenty five hundred a month towards buying rental properties, towards investing in crowdfunded uh, real estate backed notes, where we were making cash flow. And uh, Um, So I would say one of the biggest lessons that helped me was overcoming that societal pressure and really slashing expenses like, you know, you'll search how to save money, they'll tell you, oh, switch your credit cards or open this checking account, blah, blah, blah. Those things are not going to help. You need to really slash your expenses. We didn't have a TV for four years. Uh, We got rid of our dogs who were seven years old because they had medical expenses. We started, we almost went full vegetarian to save money on the bill. I mean, so if you really want to do this, if you really want financial independence, I did it in five years with my wife. I think you can do it in five to 10 years because you just have to be focused slash spending and take all that excess cash that you're going to have and put it in investments that pay you. Because if your expenses are very low, which you can get them to be, all of a sudden, The passive income starts to come in along with active income, and you realize you start to feel a little bit better about your lifestyle. You feel more free because even if your passive income is only five hundred bucks a month, five hundred dollars a month is perhaps taking care of all your utilities, or or a good portion of utilities, or maybe it's taking care of the grocery bill a month. You feel really good, and it's almost like you have. Uh, you make even more money uh, once you pay off your debt too. Because think about it, I don't have a mortgage to this day. And let's say what I, what I live in, most of my neighbors probably have $3,000 a month mortgage. Okay, so um, it's like I make an extra $39,000 a year by just not having the mortgage. So really living a lifestyle of of no debt, um, unless you're talking about leverage for investments, but no debt, uh, especially with like cars and houses um, and gosh, don't have debt for like any kind of consumer stuff. Um, but that is a societal pressure you will have to overcome because all your friends are not going to buy on that plan. So I think, I think you just have to realize that whether you're going to be an entrepreneur or go financial independent just from being smart with your money, um, your friends are not going to follow you down that path and it just is what it is. You're just going to have, you just, you have to do it. Not everyone's going to see the vision that you have.
0: Well, I, I can't stress enough the importance of living within your means, and making those conscious choices to cut expenses. As you talked about, you know, just moving you know from point A to point B is a significant difference in cost of living, and too often people get caught up in the, um, I, I guess it's face, you know, the 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 allure of you know what do the friends think, what do the other people think? I got to drive a certain car, I have to have a certain house, or I've decided for myself I I must live in downtown New York and therefore I'm going to spend 4500 bucks a month on a broom closet. These these are choices people make and the, you know if that's the choice you decide to make more power to you but if you are looking for financial independence you may look at alternative choices and in this world we live in people are now you know being expats and they're living you know in Honduras or we got a bunch of rich guys living down in Puerto Rico now. Uh, to save money on taxes there's so many ways to get creative Uh, what's your thoughts about you know kind of uh,
2: just even moving out of the country if that the the mood strikes you so moving is always going to be your biggest cost cutter so if you're in la and you can move to the suburbs you'll save money if you're in the suburbs you can move a little bit more to the outskirts to the desert you'll save money and if you really want to save money like my wife and i we went to texas and we lost the income tax and the homes were a lot cheaper here as well um, and then if you, if you can move out of state or Puerto Rico, if you have a business, uh, you can actually pay no income tax. You don't have to do it forever. Just let it compound for five years, those type of actions. But yeah, moving is without a doubt the biggest cost saver. That's the biggest, best decision you can ever do.
0: Yeah, I, I really appreciate you bringing up that as, as such a tactical but important methodology, right? People do get caught up in the oh, if I switch from this credit card to that credit card, I save you know a quarter point, or I get you know extra miles for the Jelly of the Month Club, whatever it is. None of that is really meaningful at the end of the day. Uh, what really is meaningful is your overhead, and and I, I just want to reiterate my um, agreement that you know people who are living beyond their means. They, they have this sense of uncertainty in the back of their mind, whereas, as you talked about, that passive income starts to come in, along with whatever regular income you're doing. There's a mental shift. It just happens naturally. And you know, when that mental shift happens, would you agree with me, Daniel, that you know, that freedom lifestyle suddenly seems like it's happening? If You feel like you're neck deep in it, don't you?
2: I, absolutely. I couldn't agree with everything you said.
0: More. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it definitely is a thing. So uh Daniels we're running against the clock here a little bit. Um would you have a, a call to action? We've talked about, hey, live within your means and things like that. are there any other big important things that, that awesomers out there should really consider doing to to take a you know, do something with this information we've shared?
2: You know, never let the research or the size of the task ahead of you uh put you in a position where you're not there's no mobility. You're not, you're just like, ah, I need to learn more. I need to read more books or, um, it's just too big. I'm telling you guys, 10 years ago, I was working at a grocery store for $9 an hour. Uh, this year, I, gosh, I've traveled probably four or five months out of the year or excuse me, four or five months out of this year. And I've taken private tours at the Vatican. The call seemed like my life has totally changed, but it was, it was, it was a focus that my wife and I had of just doing it. Did I have all the answers Did I know? I didn't even, I was the web guy for future money trends. Believe me, I know nothing about, I don't even, I'm like the worst really I am when it comes to technology. And I was the web guy. You just, you just go out and you do it. And it's like Steve Jobs said it at Stanford speech you cannot connect the dots going forward you can only connect them going backwards so if you really want it go out and do it you can do it this is this is this is an accomplishable thing that i did and i'm not that smart i don't have any special degrees no special certifications it was basic stuff you know no debt cut back spending focus on getting checks in the mailbox and if you have a business or you're an employee over-deliver for other people, because the money equation is deliver value to other people. So whether you're an employee or you're a business owner, your focus should always be, how do I deliver even more value than I charge for?
0: Yeah, well, I, I think very, very good advice. You know, this concept of delivering overwhelming value is something that anybody in any capacity, as you pointed out, employee or business or what have you, if you can do that, then you will find the thing is self-sustaining and will take on its own life. In fact, in many ways, when we've seen our, our businesses and our opportunities have that point where people suddenly realize this is, this is almost too good to be true, it's, it's so good in terms of value, that's when the thing really does um, become not just a, a success, but it's, it's exciting, it's fun. And it's electric when you're involved in those businesses. Um, Daniel, before we go, I just wonder, what's your thoughts? We've talked about this no-debt philosophy, but what's your thoughts about the college debt people are uh, taking on uh, so often these days?
2: So I I think it's a mistake. Uh, First off, everything that is is available, uh, everything the colleges are selling is free. It's freely available on the internet right now. There's nothing that you can't get for free on Google. And even some universities like Stanford are now offering the cur- curriculums for free. So really, do you really need to go to college uh, when it comes to, do you have a, some sort of government license that you need or certification because of that's what you're passionate about? But just this idea of just shoving people into college and getting into debt, I think it's a mistake. You should really focus on sustainability, mentorship, Uh, Google, IBM, Facebook just recently came out in the past few weeks that they're not even requiring college degrees anymore. A lot of people graduate from college, especially in the tech field, and they find out that everything they learned is outdated. I mean, imagine imagine going to college. They're not going to teach you about the blockchain. So... My medieval um, French
0: poetry uh, degree <laughs> is really uh, <laughs> a beast here. No, I have no degree. Keep, keep going, Daniel. Yeah, uh, so
2: I honestly, look, I, my, I have three children. They're homeschooled, uh, heavy focus on entrepreneurship and how to spend, how to manage money, and uh, I am encouraging them not to go to college. Um, I mean, I've even considered perhaps when they get older, they're young now, they're, the oldest is is just about to turn nine. I'm thinking about perhaps giving them a competitive offer to like, look, if you don't want to go to college, I'm willing to give you something to start and venture out into businesses. Uh, but, you know, in, in the bigger picture, um, I think the millennial generation is learning that, you know, uh, it's unf- because of the cost. Now college could be great if the cost was more reasonable. Again, if you go to Europe, you might be able to get college for five thousand dollars for a, a quarter or for a year. There are some great stories out there from people who, who focus on this. I don't. I actually just tell people don't go to college. Um, but you know, you, you you can save money and it can become worth it. But think about it. the baby boomers went to college and they were able to pay for it at a part time job. Do not get in. Do not get yourself a mortgage. Uh, you know that just from going to school, and make sure you're not getting a stupid degree. I know the temptation's there because the government will give you the money, and, and that's where all the problem comes from. The government, you gotta somebody out there giving you a blank check, and you don't even have to make a payment for you get out. So it's a horrible situation.
0: The system is definitely rigged against anyone who takes on that debt. If you're going to go to college, fine. Don't get into debt. If you require a degree, uh, engineering, attorneys, doctors, whatever, fine. Uh, but do your level best not to get into debt. Get scholarships, work, do whatever you got to do. Don't get into debt. That future mortgage against yourself is uh, really putting yourself at a a disadvantage. I couldn't agree more. Daniel, thanks for taking the time today. I really do appreciate
2: it. Thanks for having me on the show, Steve.
0: So we'll be sure we have uh, show notes and things like that, how to find Daniel and futuremoneytrends.com. All all the links, uh, anything we've talked about, we'll try to get those in the show notes. Uh, And awesomers out there listening, we'll be right back
1: after this. Catalyst88 was developed to help entrepreneurs achieve their short and long-term goals in e-commerce markets by utilizing the power of shared entrepreneurial wisdom. Entrepreneurship is nothing if not lessons to be learned. Learn from others. Learn from us. I guarantee that we will learn from you. Visit Catalyst88.com because your success is our success. A giddy up.
0: Okay, and there you have it from Daniel Amadori, all kinds of interesting ideas and predictions about, you know, finance and some of the things that are happening in the big markets, everything we talked about from, you know, cannabis to crypto to a little bit about real estate and other things as well. So I hope that you got something out of this. It always is important to share new perspectives and opinions and that helps form your own education and knowledge about these different topics. So again, this has been episode number 108 of the Awesomers podcast series and the last of a three-part series with Daniel. Uh, to find out today's show notes and details, just go to awesomers.com 108. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a, a review if you wanted awesomers around you will appreciate your help it's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals our success is literally in your hands thank you again for joining us we are at your service find out more about me steve simonson our guest team and all the other awesomers involved at awesomers.com thank you again